Welcome to Federal Insights IoT Security, sponsored by Thundercat Technology. Here's today's moderator, Tom Temin. Welcome and thanks for joining us. My guests today are Mark Rodzinski, the Vice President and General Manager of Advanced Technologies at Ruckus Networks. Kurt Steege is the Chief Technology Officer at Thundercat Technology. And Chris Thomas, a technology strategist at Dell Technologies. Good to have you all with us today. We're going to start with Mark Rodzinski of Advanced, the Advanced Technology GM at Ruckus Networks. And our subject today is Internet of Things. And Mark, this is a topic that's been around a number of years, but it seems like there's a stratification almost going on in the network with respect to whether your things could be within an office, within a campus, or even around the globe and not even confined to the planet Earth for that matter. So break down that market for us so that we have an understanding of the different meanings of IoT, especially in the federal sector. Yeah, I, I, thanks for, for having me on. Uh, I appreciate the, the time. Um, I think the one thing that you'll, you'll, the one constant we could say is that uh, if you ask 100 people what IoT or what the Internet of Things means to them, is you'll get 100 different answers. Um, it's really, you know, a, a fragmented market that is, um, as you said, stratified on different verticals, um, different uh, applications. Um, but we are seeing, you know, this convergence coming. And, and I think what, what we're seeing is uh, whether it's, you know, smart buildings or smart campuses, um, the network is starting to unify, right? So whereas before you'd see, you know, you want a thing, it comes with a hub, it comes with an app. You want another application, it comes with a thing, it comes with a, a network, it comes with an app. And now you've got five different networks, 10 different networks, 10 different apps on your phone. And we're seeing a harmonization happen there. Um, you know, the enterprise network players are going out there and deploying, um, you know, a, a more universal network that can then run all of these types of applications. So the network then needs to be able to encompasses, encompass devices that have a lot of different requirements. Some of them might be very low power, very distant out, out there. Some of them might be right on premises. And so power is not an issue. And also the capabilities of the devices themselves dictate what they need from the network. Absolutely. And, and it will also sometimes you know, prov you know, provide requirements for different networks, but they can still be unified. And what I mean by that is like, you look at it, a camera system, a camera is typically going to be plugged in because it needs to be powered and it's going to come back over ethernet, right? So that's connecting to the network over a wire. You've got something like a door sensor, um, which is again, very low power, just as the door is open, the door is closed. Um, you know, that's really all you care about is, you know, I want that thing to be on and I want it to give me this information, very low data rate, just long battery life. And so that those are using things like Zigbee or Z-Wave or Bluetooth, these other IoT types of networks. Um, but again, all of that is being you know, unified because the access points that you've been connecting to for Wi-Fi um, are now housing more and more radios. So it, you, know, you have this universal translator rather than just con connecting your PC or your phone. So if you can talk to all of these different things and bring it into a singular network, well, now all of your things are connected and you don't have to have, you know, several different hubs, you know, all uncoordinated. So it sounds like it's an opportunity to maybe simplify the device roster that is on a network in a given area. 
not only simplify, but also make it more secure, right? Because if you if you imagine you've got a, an enterprise deployed, federally you know, certified network that goes into um, an environment, and now you start to use that same network to backhaul all of these other you know, smaller IoT networks, that you know, leverages the, the security of that network rather than basically having a number of different hubs, which now are all uncoordinated and it just presents a, a tremendously large attack surface, which we've actually seen, right? So you want, I think, to look to your network providers that are doing your Wi-Fi and have gone through all of these um, you know, rigorous security protocols to make sure that if you're deploying IoT there, that you're also able to leverage some of that as well. And what are some of the considerations, especially in the military context, but you can imagine it for many, you know, civilian ones also, of the austere environment that is low bandwidth or sometimes interrupted bandwidth, and also physically difficult environments such as extreme weather or other types of environmental effects that might be on and around those devices, or that could be what you're trying to measure. Yeah, I mean, you know, so, you know, Wireless technology is pretty pretty robust, and we do see a lot of sensors. I mean, it's usually the actual hardware that needs to be hardened rather than the radio signals that are going to be interrupted. Um, you know, so a lot of these are are industrial type of environments, whether they're you know outdoor because of weather or they're like in a freezer, right? Because you're measuring temperature and you want to want to make sure that you know you're you've got cold chain storage and you've got consistent monitoring for pharmaceuticals, right? I mean, so um, you know, IoT is, is, is everywhere and it's, it's all, through all of these different types of environments. Um, but, you know, on a military side, I mean, military is interesting because it, it basically encompasses all of the other verticals, right? Because it depends on what you're looking at, right? You can look at a barracks. It looks like a multifamily home. It looks like a hotel. You could look at a campus and it looks like a smart city, right? So all of the different applications that we see and that we sell into as verticals, all present themselves in the Fed space. Interesting. And just a real quick final comment to the ability of Ethernet to deliver power has increased somewhat recently too, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so when it comes to, um, you know, IoT and kind of what are the subsystems that you're looking to do, I mean, all of our access points are powered by Ethernet and all of the camera systems typically that are deployed in a building are powered by ethernet. So yeah, I mean, we're definitely seeing a lot more uh, of that type. So you don't have to go searching for plugs and making sure that you've got outlets everywhere. Right. And more power is available now. Correct. Yeah. More power per, per ethernet. Yeah. As well. All right. Interesting. Well, thank you for some great insights. We've been speaking to Mark Radzinski. He's the vice president and general manager of advanced technologies at Ruckus Networks. Great having you with us today. Thank you. And we're going to take a short break. And when we return, we'll be with Kurt Stege, the Chief Technology Officer at Thundercat Technology. I'm Tom Temin. This is Federal Insights IoT Security, sponsored by Thundercat Technology here on Federal News Network.
IoT solutions are reshaping government entities to provide better services, greater safety, efficient transit, and smarter public infrastructures. Thundercat Technology, in partnership with Dell and Ruckus, provide unified networks to streamline all access points and are bringing Internet of Things into one singular network. Thundercat, Dell, and Ruckus can offer this unified solution to government agencies at an enterprise scale. Learn about our IoT experience and capabilities at thundercattech.com slash Tech. Innovate, grow, know. Thundercat, Dell, and Ruckus. Welcome back to Federal Insights IoT Security, sponsored by Thundercat Technologies here on Federal News Network. Our guest now is Kurt Steege. He's the Chief Technology Officer at Thundercat Technology. I'm your moderator, Tom Temin. And Kurt, let's talk with use cases, because as we spoke earlier, there's a lot of range of technologies converging on the network. But the use cases that you're seeing across the federal government, tell us more about IOT and how it's emerging as something as an application. Sure, uh, nice to be here again, Tom, uh, and uh, look forward to the conversation. Um, it, it's kind of interesting there. I mean, even as far back as as 2015, there was discussion. I mean, there was about eight over eight billion dollars spent on IOT technology. So these things sort of increase. In, in about about a year or so ago, um, the GAO put out a put out a survey, uh, and and in that survey. Somewhere, somewhere in the neighborhood of 60 out of the 90 agencies that they surveyed were all using some type of IoT. And this could be for a lot of different reasons. You know, um, many cases we were talking things like equipment monitoring. So where, where, where you're dealing with that stuff, um, you, could, you could be controlling control access or accounts. I know, you know, just before you talked with Mark about some of the, some of the convergence that you're seeing around this thing within, within uh, possibly within buildings, you know, trying to use video cameras or some, some other type, type of sensor. We kind of break them down into a couple of different uh, sort of buckets, right? We've got large sensor networks. You look at, you know, some of the science type stuff that's going on with either USGS or, 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 or uh, Fish and Wildlife, where you're talking about, uh, you know, stream buoys and things like that and being able to pull the information back. Or you talk about um, more, of the, more of the critical infrastructure. So uh, power grids, uh, you know, uh, nu nuclear facilities, things like that. Or you can also kind of go back and go, I think you had even mentioned in the last uh, conversation about, um, about some of the military applications. So you're talking about uh, things like uh, drone flights and, and information. So pulling all that, in many cases, video information, uh, other types of sensor information and pulling it back internally and having that uh, correlated. Yeah, so it strikes me there's a lot of data types here that also have to be dealt with, and there's some mm -hmm. technological layer somewhere in here that has to account for all of that. Sure, and 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 that that's kind of one of the interesting things that's, that's been coming out a lot recently with with some of the ideas uh, and and technology that's been around. So not only do you have to deal with sort of the power power issues that I think you mentioned before, um, that could be you know something that's wired. Uh, something that's coming from, you know, renewable energy sources like uh, solar. If you have something in the middle of the ocean, it's kind of hard to power it any other way, right? Um, and then you've got to deal with the comms side of it and, and the, and, you know, the, the pulling together of comms like 5G and, and stuff like that. But the, but the processing part is really interesting right now because you're starting to see uh, the ability to get smaller and smaller processing, um, you know, for, to, to feed all the different AI and ML engines that are out there. Yeah, so that that kind of mitigates toward another piece of infrastructure, edge computing. I imagine that's probably a hot topic in IoT right now. Yeah, I mean, all all of it is the same sort of thing. It is it is you know how you're how you're getting this this information. How you in many cases because of the volume 
you do have to do a lot of pre-processing out there. And, you know, and, and there's been solutions out there from um, groups like NVIDIA and, and such that are out there to, to put the, get the chipset in there to make that happen. And then we kind of work that into uh, then the transmission of that thing through uh, ruckus networks or something like that. And getting back to that infrastructure requirement, what do IP planners need to know in the contemporary sense? Because network technology, we kind of take it for granted nowadays because there's plugs all over the office, but what's behind that plug never ceases to evolve, just like what's on this side of the plug. Tell us what they need to know about infrastructure planning nowadays for IoT. Well, one of the critical things, I just want to add one thing to that, but, you know, for sure, infrastructure planning is going to be important and how you're going to drive uh, power and comms and stuff like that uh, together to get this, 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 this information and power there, um, because there's, there, the, the convergence of that is, is, is critical on how we make that work. But one thing that I definitely want to mention here also that has to be taken in consideration as you're putting these things together was there was a special publication from NIST last year, uh, 800-213, that talks about the special uh, needs from a cybersecurity perspective around IoT specifically. Um, one of the issues were, and I think I think you also mentioned this earlier, was there was all of this, all of this, all these different sort of networks, all these different sort of things that were going on, and different, you know, to, you know, these uh, one of the issues I've heard before, these you know silos of excellence that have been out there pulling things together and having it. Now we're talking about convergence. Now we're talking about bringing uh, the information, uh, the, the network and everything together. Um, all those things are critical and the cybersecurity aspects of those are also gonna be more and more important as we get. Got it. And so I guess encryption must come into this at some level and uh, where that yeah. takes place, that's also a network consideration too. Yeah, well, I mean, it's gonna be taking place uh, on the devices that are out there and then uh, through the transmission of that, of, the, of that information that comes back. And I just wanted to ask you a quick question I also asked Mark, and that is in the military, the austere environment always comes up in those conversations. Anything else to add to that whole question of how you keep this going when the environment, the network environment is austere in terms of connectivity? Um, well, you know, there's a couple of there's a couple of solutions there, and you're you're always going to talk about those austere environments. You could be in a desert, you're going to have to deal with fanless infrastructure where you're not going to be able to get... Uh, um, you know, you're going to have to deal with heat dissipation. Um, all of these things do come into play. There's there's specific solutions for each one. You could be dealing, as I said before, with uh, uh, water buoys out there and, and dealing with salt uh, contamination and, and things like that as well. So, uh, you know, all these uh, all these factors come into play. Right. So no one size fits all. You really need to do detailed planning with your vendors on what it is you're going to be doing and where. For sure. All right. Well, thank you very much. We've been talking to Kurt Stege. He's the Chief Technology Officer at Thundercat Technology. We're going to take another break, and then we will be joined by Chris Thomas, Technology Strategist at Dell Technologies. I'm Tom Temin. This is Federal Insights IoT Security, sponsored by Thundercat Technologies here on Federal News Network. IoT solutions are reshaping government entities to provide better services, greater safety, efficient transit, and smarter public infrastructures. Thundercat Technology, in partnership with Dell and Ruckus, provide unified networks to streamline all access points and are bringing Internet of Things into one singular network. Thundercat, Dell, and Ruckus can offer this unified solution to government agencies at an enterprise scale. Learn about our IoT experience and capabilities at thundercattech.com slash delltech. Innovate, grow, know. Thundercat, Dell, and Ruckus. 
Welcome back to Federal Insights, IoT security sponsored by Thundercat Technology here on Federal News Network. I'm your moderator, Tom Temin. Our third guest today is Chris Thomas. He's a technology strategist at Dell Technologies. Chris, good to have you with us. No, thanks for having me. And the question comes up when planning the network aspect of IoT, of Internet of Things. Is the network that carries all of this data from the sensors and into the organization at some point, or into the edge computing or into the cloud or whatever it might be, is that a separate dedicated IoT network? Or is it just your business network and your one size fits all network? Is it converged? So uh, I guess that really depends on what the mission partner needs and what your business needs are and the category as far as that data traffic. Um, it has to be handled uh, differently depending on the sensitivity. In most cases, you're looking at discussing a macro or micro segmentation uh, implementation as part of your policy from a security standpoint. So in most cases, I would recommend right having it sep separated either physically or at least logically at a minimum. Um, and this comes into context regardless of what deployment model, whether or not that data is going to a cloud, private cloud, or being stored locally. So in some ways, the problem or the challenge here is very similar to what you find in industrial control or SCADA situations. Exactly, exactly. And I've had a number of different uh, conversations with customers uh, for different agencies, whether or not that's uh, TSA or working with some of the Department of Energy. And one of the challenges that they face is how do I get that communication and this data across effectively and in a secure manner? And then I also have to now, you know, we're living in a multi-cloud world. So I need to have data path diversity options as well. And one of the challenges what we've worked with our partners like Thundercat and uh, Ruckus on is how do I give you that single single centralized point of, uh, I guess you'd say synergy for a single dashboard to manage all those different connection types. Uh, with the emerger of 5G and Wi-Fi and things of that nature, it becomes very, very convoluted and complex at some times. But we've been able to work together to create uh, systems and solutions in that fashion. What are some of the security issues? Because in IoT, you've got physical protection of devices that might be out there. I mean, as you know, there's a lot of federal agencies with water sensors, atmospheric sensors, and forest heat sensors. They're all over the place. So there's the physical protection of all that infrastructure. Then as in the SCADA market, the big worry is the IoT network being a way in for cyber hackers. So what are some of the security situations and what are some of the best practices for dealing with them? So part of that goes back to that segmentation. Um, then the other portion is visibility and analytics. Uh, so having a gateway that can uh, manage or give you visibility across multiple communication paths, uh, that becomes very essential. This also comes into, right, NIST had a directive around comply to connect. So having those different device types, regardless of what type of sensor they may be, being able to categorize and kind of even take that segmentation a step further and apply policies and controls specific to that type of device and what information it should have access to from a resource standpoint. Because in some cyber situations, the analytical component looks at events or occurrences in the logs or in some other aspect of access that might be out of band. You know, someone logs on in United in New York City, you know, and then five minutes later, they're logging in from Moscow. And we know that's not physically possible. And your analytics can detect that and alert you to something going on. 
Is that also true for the IoT world? Say you've got a water sensor that says, you know, a millimeter of rain fell yesterday, and then two hours later, 77 inches of rain fell. That kind of out of oh, most, most definitely. Most definitely. And that's part of what we leverage, right, an IoT uh, controller to do so, because it gives me that centralized point to aggregate that data and analytics. And then I can use that single point to feed things like Splunk or Elastic or whatever SIM management tool you may have. And from there, that fits into your DevOps story, right, to be able to take actionable uh, outcomes based off of that policy that you set in place. Mm -hmm. Because without that component, right, it, you're manually doing that for each one of those individual systems. and uh, just what I've seen so far, that's just not scalable or sustainable at, at scale. The IoT controller you mentioned, is this a software idea or is it a, is it a appliance and where does it all reside in the network? So it'd be both a physical and logical control mechanism, mm -hmm. right? Having your control and management plane. And that's primarily what I'd use that gateway or that edge appliance to do. And then from there, I can tie that to my policy based off of data impact, right? Um, so taking your normal security mechanism in place to, to recognize how you evaluate risk. Got it. So who's involved then in the architecture of an IoT system that will in some way be bridged or connected to the main IT system? Because it sounds like it's pretty specialized. So setting your security boundaries, understanding your data types and data feeds. Um, so data governance policy, right? Complying with that understanding your risk calculations, right? If you're dealing with something that needs to communicate with not just your uh, existing campus infrastructure, enterprise infrastructure, but also with public or private cloud instances. So identifying where those security boundaries will be and what the exposed attack vector may also be as a part of those systems. And are there any agencies or applications that you can maybe describe for us that are good examples of people who have got it right and are getting benefit and value from this IoT investment? So DOE is one that comes to mind. They're doing a lot of work uh, in this space. Uh, the VA is also doing a lot of work in this space and, and taking a very aggressive approach. Um, I'd also say TSA. Um, they've taken a very active uh, approach with this as well and doing a number of different projects to for continuous improvement. Yeah, TSA is, I guess, a good example of where you have very localized networks, but then you also have a campus, so to speak, which is an airport. And as they try to extend security measures, even to the airport entrance drive-in gates, you've got like the perfect IoT possibilities situation, don't you? Exactly. And we've done a number of different activities, even as a part of the DOD 5G tranche activity as well, right? emerging and testing this with a distributed architecture with 5G as a part of the testing and validation. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that before we close. 5G is really seen as a big enabler of IoT. Maybe expound on that for us before we close. So there's some inherent uh, capabilities, right, with a LTE or 3GPP-based uh, system, uh, which 5G falls into that category from a protocol standpoint. Um, so as I mentioned, right, evaluating the acceptable risks and data types. So depending on the workload and the data you're processing, there's some times where I would leverage Wi-Fi um, just from a cost perspective. And then there's other solutions where I'd leverage maybe CBRS and then other aspects, depending on the environment and customer market, maybe I need to do license spectrum and work with uh, some of the MNOs to make that work. So 5G gives me that flexibility and convergence of all those different technology types for communication. And how can I do that in a reliable fashion? So the flexibility and open architecture is really where 5G is making uh, some headwinds 
as we look at IoT networks deployment. Chris Thomas is a technology strategist at Dell Technologies. Thanks so much for joining us. No, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. And I want to thank my other two guests today. Mark Radzinski is the Vice President and General Manager of Ruckus Networks. And we also heard from Kurt Stege, the Chief Technology Officer at Thundercat Technology. I'm Tom Temin. You're listening to Federal News Network. For more on this discussion, please visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search Thundercat Technology. Thank you for listening to Federal Insights, IoT Security, sponsored by Thundercat Technology on Federal News Network. 